If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill. In case some of you guys don't know, um, I, we're having a lot of new listeners actually check out the podcast for the first time. Um, I recently kind of checked the numbers, you know, I will upload the podcast and, and kind of let it go, but I'm not checking the numbers every day, but I got a, an email from the service that I use that said that the podcast had reached over 5,000 downloads and, and yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a uh, pretty awesome to hear. I think we're just north of 40 episodes at the time of this recording. So to hear that we're already over 5,000 downloads is, is, is pretty awesome. Um, so I greatly appreciate your guys' support into uh, checking out the, the podcast. If you guys are wanting to hear a little bit more information and go a little bit more in depth, I just recently was on the Niawaza podcast. Um, and so we did like about an hour and a half long interview talking about like how I started in jiu-jitsu and kind of just more of my background and training, which is a lot of stuff that I've talked about on this podcast. But if you guys are just looking for more kind of a conversation piece with a person, then um, it's a good one to check out. So that was just released earlier this week. So make sure you guys go give that a download. It makes me look better. It's a favor for me. The more downloads that you get like that, because it uh, kind of helps helps me build my stuff and helps people push over here because then he'll have me back on. So anyway, there's there's that. That's about all the announcement that I have um, coming up for you guys right now. But anyway, I want to get into this episode talking about uh, jiu-jitsu training. And I kind of want to talk about this mindset that a lot of people will give for advice about the just showing up mindset and uh, what that actually means. Because I remember when I was climbing the jiu-jitsu ranks, you know, one of the biggest things that was told to me that, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of problem I was having, that if I just kept showing up, you know, eventually things will work out and everything will get better. And this used to frustrate me beyond belief because there was nothing actually tangible that I could take away from that piece of advice. And so today I kind of want to go in a little bit deeper and share with you guys some insight on why people say that. And if you give people that advice, why you are not really actually helping and maybe some better advice you can give. And also if you've received that advice, how you can just throw that advice away and like actually do something tangible with it and actually get better at jujitsu. So a hundred percent, if you keep showing up, obviously good things will happen. But like what I say is it's kind of like the bare minimum to getting better at jujitsu. Like you're not going to get better at jujitsu if you don't show up. So like no duh. But how are we actually going to get better quicker or actually get better or or make myself feel better? And I remember I, I kind of got a little bit of relief when I heard that the first couple of times because it kind of told me that other people were having that frustration and that problem and that clearly someone, you know, got to the oversight of it. They were able to overcome that hurdle. So that was kind of nice. But then when I kind of heard it for everything, it just kind of frustrated me and just kept me annoyed. And so I truly believe that that advice has really good intentions, but I've never once had a student like look up at me and say, gee, 
that's exactly what I needed to hear. And all my worries are completely gone. You know, no student has ever like gotten relief from hearing those words, right? <laughs> they're, they're really trying to ask you because they're trying to solve a problem. So let's break down why this is faults on both people. So number one, it's a fault on the student for asking uh, a poorly at worded question. And it's a fault on the upper belt, not answering or giving more detailed information. Now, who does it rely on more? It has to sway one way. It's not 50, 50. Ultimately it depends on the student's rank and when they're asking and then the instructor and, and where that goes from there. So if you're like a brand new white belt or even a newer blue belt, I expect those kinds of questions out of students now because you haven't really learned how to ask a kind of a, a high level question is what I call it. You know, a lot of places they have these things called smart goals in the corporate world. And so there are kind of smart goals for jujitsu about like how to ask questions and how to pick training focuses and, and how to really formulate and, and kind of get the answers you're looking for. Um, it's kind of like Google. If you don't know how to type in a Google search correctly, um, and you're misusing it and then you're not getting as much value as you can. So, you know, it's not as big of a fault, the newer that you are for asking those poorly worded questions. It leans more toward the instructor for not kind of asking you a follow-up question and kind of figuring out what you're meaning by that. But then it falls back more onto the student, the more upper belt that you get. So if you continue to become a purple belt and a brown belt and you're asking those kinds of questions, then that kind of falls more on your responsibility for not asking quality questions to your instructor, right? So obviously, if you continue to just keep showing up over a period of time, you will for sure get better. But really what happens is that the techniques of this newer person, you know, they, they're not quite sure on what they're supposed to be doing or how they make it better and how they can develop. Right. So usually what I hear is like students will say, Oh man, my guard passing sucks. And you know, they get told, Oh, well, if you just keep showing up, it will improve. And then you're like, okay, great. And they just kind of pat you on the head and they send you on the way. And usually, like I said, you're going to hear this from like the upper belts or from the instructor or something like that. And so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about why that answer is kind of given to that extent. And you have to put yourself in the frame from an upper belt's perspective that number one, they've already had that kind of as a problem. They still might have it as a problem, but they've got better at asking questions or, you know, they just know that they'll get over it. And so they're not concerned with like, giving you any better information because they didn't receive any better information. So it's kind of like a learned experience. And so for an upper belt, they probably already have like a list of techniques and guard passes that they can go over and continue to try. And they probably already have some kind of a, a training system or a process in place that if they're having struggles, they can fix that. And so for newer students, you haven't developed that yet. And so that's why there's kind of a problem there is because the upper belt doesn't realize that they've actually, that they have a giant advantage and they can um, answer kind of their own questions versus the lower belt doesn't. And some people would say, well, that just comes with time. And yes, it does, but we should be making it easier for students. We should be making it easier for them to connect those dots together, right? So that is the what I'm kind of here to do. So now that I kind of framed all that for you guys, let's give you guys some ideas about how you can actually start getting um, better at jujitsu. So the first thing is, is that if you're, whatever question you're asking, like I said, try to ask a smarter question. Try not to be so vague or general with the question of like, well, when's my guard passing going to get better? It's like, well, dude, I know black belts that have shitty guard passing. So you can't just 
like throw that out there. You have to be more specific. You have to say, Hey, I'm having problems in my guard passing specifically when this person does X, Y, and Z, how do I get better with that? That is a smart question. And if you can even get more detailed, that's even better. But a lot of times students have a hard time developing what I call active attention. Um, usually in jujitsu, whenever we're training and we're experiencing things happening, it's very passive. It's like, oh yeah, I know my guard passing sucks, but I have no idea why it sucks or what the other person is doing to negate my guard pass. That's a very passive. You just, you see the big picture that it's not working, but you don't see all the small stuff of why it's not working or what problems are occurring. And then you fixing the problems, right? That would be actively paying attention. And that does take time, but I can tell you guys that you can also develop it much sooner in your career. And the way that you develop it sooner is to slow the heck down and start paying attention. So if you don't slow down and pay attention, then it, then it isn't going to matter, right? And then two, after you start paying attention to these things, whenever you show up to the gym, you should have some kind of a goal that you're trying to improve and to hone in your focus on. So every good kind of training process, every good thing that has a step to improve, there has to be a goal or like a starting point. And then there also has to be an end point that you're trying to achieve, right? So you need to be able to walk to the door with some kind of goal or process. So don't even ask any kind of questions about when's my guard passing going to get better or when, when can I catch this move or when can I do that? Or when's it going to start clicking or, or whatever until you actually have some kind of goals that you're wanting to ask questions around. And so then you could say, Hey, when is it a good time that I can start hitting this type of a guard pass on someone that is like this level of a skill? And then if you do that, now you've given me more context to be able to help you and to give you questions on. So make sure that the objective is actually going to be achievable based upon your skill as well. So this is kind of getting into these smart questions and smart goals. Like if I'm a blue belt and then I keep training with my black belt, like instructor or something, and I'm like, man, when am I going to be able to take his back and choke him? Well, that's not really a wise question because it's going to be a long time away. And so I'm going to give you a bad answer of like, well, eventually when you get more skilled, because that's the honest truth. Now, if you're wanting to say, Hey, what are my, how, how could I actually maybe get to his back effectively and efficiently as a blue belt? Now I can think about some techniques or strategies I can show you on what you could do against someone who is much higher level than you to potentially achieve that. Because those are much different of strategies than someone who is uh, equal level to the person, right? It, it, they're, they're much different. Um, and I know that's kind of getting a little hairy into the weeds there, but just know that the way that you ask the question or the way that you formulate it really depends on the answer you're going to get. So I've often seen students have like extremely lofty goals and they just get crushed and they just don't know what to do whenever their goals absolutely get crushed and it makes them feel like bad. And that's where they kind of, you know, get stuck in that little phase. So you know, a bit of an advanced kind of training process is to recommend, you know, setting a goal based upon a training partner. That's kind of what I coach my students into doing. So for example, if I'm a purple belt and I'm training with a blue belt, I might have a specific set of goals I'm trying to achieve against that blue belt. And then when I'm training with a purple belt, I might have another goal. Then when I'm training with the other brown belts, I have a different goal. So that's kind of an advanced process. But what you're doing is you're kind of picking your goals based upon the individual that's actually achievable. So if you're setting the same goal per belt, 
That's one of the biggest mistakes I see students make. The only people that are allowed to do that are like other black belts or extremely high level people because they're the only ones that can actually be able to potentially train the same goal against everybody. If you're a blue belt, thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. What you're going to be able to accomplish against a white belt and then against another like a brown belt are going to be way two different things. So don't have the same goal. Be able to kind of adjust them as they go. Right. So that's one of the biggest things I can give students about when they're feeling that kind of frustration or instead of just showing up is actually become active, figure out like kind of what problems you're having, ask smarter questions, and then have a goal when you actually walk in the gym. That's way better than just hearing just show up and one day it will all click. Well, these are some things, these are action steps you can actually take if you sit down and get out a piece of paper and a pen or go watch some of my YouTube videos. I go into a lot more details on exercise on how to do this and it's like a visual side or shoot me a freaking DM and I'll help you guys too. So the next thing though is that after you kind of pick a goal or you kind of have something to focus on, make sure you guys have the willpower to stay disciplined and to stay on task. Um, it's very easy to get that shiny object syndrome where, you know, if your goal or your training focus or whatever doesn't work in the first day or the first week or, you know, whatever, that you're just wanting to throw it off to the side and then never come back to it again. I really encourage you that if you have a smart goal or a highly focused goal that's like good for your skill level and good for your development then it's going to fail at least for a little bit, but continue to stay on it and you will get better. So staying on focus is extremely beneficial. And a lot of students don't do that. They will end up picking the move of the day and just kind of training a different move every day because either see something on Instagram, they bought a new instructional or their coaches showing a new move. So then they change their whole training process, right? So don't have shiny object syndrome, focus on what you need to focus on for a good amount of time. And then, like I said, don't give up on it so easy when it fails right away. This is the perfect time to practice asking better questions, because if it's not working, then something's happening. Either the person is throwing a monkey wrench in there or you're not executing it right. So, you know, figure that out and and why that is. The next thing is then shift your mindset to continuing to develop a, a process, right? And so what a process is, which is I talk a lot more on this on the Niawaza podcast about this, but a training process, literally the definition of it is a series of steps that is done over time. So a process in, in jujitsu, the idea is that you're trying to take something that's really crappy, something that you're not good at to something you're good at. That's a process. And so the only way that that's done is through series of steps, but it's done over time. It's not like you can't, when I say over time, I just don't mean like one training session or two training sessions or a week. It might be a month. It might be a year. It might be two years. It just depends on what you're trying to put through a process. 
and, and where you're at currently for your skill. Like for me, myself, myself, for myself, because I'm a black belt, when I try to learn a new technique that I know nothing about, the process and the turnaround time is a lot faster for me than it's going to be for a white belt because I already have some previous knowledge and previous information and previous things to draw from. And so because I've already developed stuff hundreds of times before, it's much easier for me. When you're a newer belt, you don't have any process. You're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Hopefully it sticks and you have no way to develop anything. No one's ever showed you or taught you how to do that. So I highly recommend that you guys start developing a process much sooner. And you can do that as soon as white belt. I know everyone says like, just show up and focus on whatever's being showed to you. Once again, that's a very bare minimum advice. Start developing a process now. Start developing ways to ask questions about like, how do you actually get good at an arm lock? How do you actually get good at a triangle? How do you actually get good at taking people down? And ask those questions. Don't just say, why do my takedowns suck? Don't just say, why can I never catch a triangle? You have to be more intelligent and ask more intelligent questions and do a deeper dive. Then you can start developing a process or, hey coach, my triangles aren't really good. How do I start getting better at them? And who should I start focusing on hitting them on and live training more? Aha, that is a good question and a great question now. Now you get high level advice on how to focus your training process, right? So make sure you're developing that right now and shifting your mindset into thinking that, right? So if you continue to set objectives around those goals and those training processes, you're gonna get better. It's going to happen. This is something I didn't even realize I even did until I became a black belt, which is super crazy. I wish someone would have pointed out to me that this is actually what I was doing all the way from my white to black belt journey, but but no one did, right? So you just have to keep adopting this mindset over and over again. I've done, I've thought about this for hours and hours. This is the basis of my whole coaching program that I have is I teach people how to develop this process, but you guys can start to think about it on your own. Of course, if you want to you know, hit me up. I can help you with that. And you're just going to be, you know, able to expedite that process, you know, much, much faster. So that's it for this podcast. I just want to give you guys insight on why that just showing up mindset is not the best. And so if you're telling people that, you know, encourage them to think differently, that's the only way that we're going to be able to change that mindset. So obviously if you guys need help, you know, hit me up, um, you know, share this podcast with someone that, you know, you think might enjoy it. Um, yeah. And then until next time, I will uh, see you guys later. Take it easy. If you're a struggling jujitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jujitsu journey, I have an online program called the jujitsu blueprint for lifelong development. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com. And I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. 